Welcome to the Think Podcast, the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective with your host, Joel Sedicate. And now, get ready to think. Welcome back to another episode of the Think Podcast with Joel Sedicate. I'm Joel Sedicate, and this is the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective to help you explain, share, and defend the Christian message. Now, uh, today's episode is, I believe, the first one we've done with with this kind of culture builder, this kind of culture creator. And we've had pastors on, we've had thinkers, philosophers, um, we've had, uh, you know, theologians and, and uh, authors. We do a lot of authors. Um, and we've had someone on who is starting a streaming service, but I don't think we've ever actually had a filmmaker on the, the, uh, the think pod. And today, um, well, let's just put it this way. Woke culture won't be able to say it wasn't warned because today I am having on, um, a very, very special guest. I've been looking forward to this episode for quite some time. We are talking about the movie, the upcoming movie, Ride Sally Ride. The Ride Sally Ride is, it's being called a future true story. And this is really going to be the first film to actively take aim at woke culture. It's based on the best-selling, um, best-selling authors. It's based on the book by the best-selling author, Douglas Wilson, who I've had on the show a couple of times. And it's based on his book called Ride Sally Ride, which I read last year. It is a major page turner. I could not put it down. It's a futuristic story set not very distantly in the future and Little heads up today. If you've got little ones listening, we're going to say some words that you may or may not want them to hear. So I'm giving you a warning right now. Uh, but one of those words is sex robot. Yes, this book has sex robots in it, uh, but it's also about family values and it's about our cultural rot. The book is smart, satirical, guaranteed to offend, and the film is going to be all of those things as well. And it's going to follow a strong-headed Christian young man who is accused of murder for trashing a sex bot. Screenwriter and director Joseph Granda left Hollywood on his own terms. This is the gentleman who is making this film. And now he is coming back to take on woke culture with a perfectly timed comedy that very well might be exactly what we all need right now. It's got murder. Uh, put that in scare quotes. It's got fixed juries, intrigue, romance, and it's all about refusing to back down when they all call you crazy. Now they're planning on a 20 22 release, uh, just before the midterms. And the, uh, the filmmaker I'm going to be speaking with, Joseph Granda, really says that it's time for conservatives to have a good laugh. I could not agree more. And uh, we can all agree that cancel culture has it coming. So in this episode, you're going to learn about the story of Ride Sally Ride, how it fits into today's culture, whether or not the trans movement and trans rights um, actually equals the diminishment of women and and also the rise of sex bots and even sex bot rights equals the diminishment of women. Why it's proven so difficult for conservatives and religious people to make significant gains in the culture and 
and much more. So that's enough of an intro. Um, this is a man who uh, you are definitely going to want to hear from. And without any further ado, let me go ahead and welcome Joseph Granda to the Think Podcast. Mr. Granda, welcome. Oop, and you're muted. Let me unmute you there. there you go. Welcome. Thanks. That was quite an intro. Sounds <laughs> like my well, mom wrote it. Well, right, but this is going to be quite a film, it's man. Because she's deceased, but um, yeah. Okay, but but if she had written it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I am so excited about this conversation. How did you get? Um, how did you get pulled into this project? Do you have a connection with? Douglas Wilson, Christ Church. How, um, you know, did they seek you out? Did you seek them out? How did this come about? Yeah, you know, I've, um, well, the, the, the joke that I, that I usually uh, tell is, uh, that last year, uh, I got quarantined and came out a Calvinist. <laughs> um, you know, because we were stuck in and I had already, I had read a couple of Doug's books and he started watching a lot of videos and, and this and that. And then when Ride Sally Ride came out, um, I ordered it imme- immediately because it, it piqued my interest. I read it, uh, I think in two, two sittings. And then I read it again and my wife was like, you're reading that book again? I'm like, oh no, it's reading me this time. And I was, I, I had wow. just finished making a film. Uh, the healing garden. And I was uh, about to go into um, another film. And I said to my wife, you know, I really think that this was the film that I came back into the movie business to make. Uh, hmm. I'm going to contact, I'm going to, I'm going to write to Douglas Wilson. Um, and so I just sent emails up there to uh, Moscow to anybody that would answer me. And I finally got to him and I, I said, sent him a brief email. I said, um, this needs to be a movie. It needs to be uh, written with by somebody um, who has uh, who's an experienced screenwriter and filmmaker, and who has a reformed theology and has made um, more movies than just on his iPhone. Mm. And so he wrote me back. I, he said, "I am at least interested in in hearing what you your idea is." And so I put together a whole um, visual pitch for him and, and his producer up there, Aaron wrench. And, uh, and we back and forth, you know, they, they were just feeling me out, making sure that I was a, a legitimate person in, in this business. I've been in this business for 30 years. Right. Um, uh, both as a secular person and as a Christian, which we can talk about later because that gives me a different perspective, uh, uh on filmmaking. And so, you know, we back and forth and I finally said, Hey, you know, I think I should, it's time for me to come up there and we should, we should break bread. And so I met him and all his team and he had me at his house for dinner. And I, and I brought with me, um, uh, a couple of my favorite scenes from the book. I had, I adapted into the screenplay format. And, um, and, and so, you know, I, I met with everybody and they, they agreed with my pitch and my idea and my vision. And, uh, and then we, you know, went into the paperwork and, uh, I, I've written the first screen, the first draft it's, it's with them now and it's gotten good feedback and I got a zoom meeting with all those guys tomorrow. Um, you know, I really in the big picture though, I just go where God points me because I was all set to do something else. And this came in and it's just one of those things you think like my, your first, my first human thought is, oh, this guy's not going to talk to me. You know, but then I felt, I felt really convicted and I mean, here I am. 
Well, praise God for that, man. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's, that's very cool. And, um, you know, I, I kind of felt the same way before I had, uh, Pastor Doug on my show. I reached out to him and I, I thought, man, there's no way this guy's gonna, you know, listen to me. He's not going to come on my, my podcast. I wanted to talk with him about classical education. And, uh, but man, I, you know, he's just super easy to talk to, super willing to, to, uh, you know, to engage. And, um, you know, it was, it was very, uh, very encouraging to have that conversation with him. He's very, um, he's very uh, unassuming and gentle Yes, in person. Unlike when he's, uh, behind a microphone or speaking yeah. to a couple thousand people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And it, uh, it's, it's ironic. It's funny that he has this reputation as being such a fire starter, which of course, a lot right. of that he owes to himself. You know, uh, he kind of has that motif, especially around like, if you follow his no quarter November, right. uh, stuff, yeah. you know, it's literally starting fires in the promo video. Yeah. Well, that's what drew me to him. I mean, I, I have that sort of piratical sort of attitude towards, um, towards the culture. Hmm. Um, you know, as too, too often we uh, uh, people of faith, we stand on the shoreline looking at the culture and just kind of pleading and wanting to be nice and hope that they'll they'll invite us in to participate. And you know, you know, Christ didn't come to participate; he came to take over. And mm-hmm. so, so that's my that's my position too. I'm not interested in participating. I'm interested in in the hundred year game of, of affecting the culture in this country, because, um, you know, I, I, Andrew Breitbart was a friend of mine. I was one of the early writers there at Breitbart news. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, he always talked about culture being upstream from politics. And then mm-hmm. beyond that, Christ is upstream from culture. So if you want to make uh, that change in your country, you need to get involved in the culture. And in that you need to be smart about how you're presenting Christ into it. Hmm. How does that, how does that play out, uh, in your filmmaking and, and how do you see that playing out with the film that you're going to be creating, Ride Sally Ride? We, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is th- this movie that I just made. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice little, uh, uh, family movie. You still there? Yeah. I'm okay. still here. I just, I have you on solo layout so people can just see you. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm this nice little family movie that again was just it landed in my lap was a complete gift from God is um, the producer of it um, is a woman who had no, knew nothing about filmmaking, but she felt like God had been telling her to make a, a movie for six years and she'd been pushing about it back against it. And we came into mm-hmm. it. And so, so to answer your question, though, um, the way that I operated on that is um, uh, some of the people had this this insight that, well, we're going to hire all Christians and all Christian actors and make a Christian movie. And I mm-hmm. said, if that's the line in the sand, then I, I can't be involved hmm. uh, because uh, my purpose is to glorify the word of God. And to do that, sometimes you just have to hire the best people to do it now. Um what that did was, I remember one of the first days on set, um, I said, listen, I know that you had this idea about having this whole sort of Christian gathering, but you have to look at all these people here. They've all read this script, and whether they know it or not, they're here glorifying the Word of God. Yeah. And the really interesting thing was um, these secular people um, – 
the, the lead in the movie, uh, it was his first time in his life that he had spent that much time around Christians. And the last day of shooting, he came up to me and he was, he was on the verge of tears. Um, and he was telling me about how wrong he was about everything he thought about people of the Christian faith. And so it was like just showing up and being salt and light. And there was a very funny moment because this actor was a, a very devout Buddhist. And the, the thing is, is that for many years of my life, I was a Buddhist. So I understood where he was coming from. So I was able to have these conversations about the gospel and how, and how he could understand it uh, based on his philosophical um, path. And um, there was a scene in the movie where he baptizes somebody and he, he stopped and asked me if it was okay to lay the Bible down on the ground. Huh. And I said, yeah, we're not that reverent about paper because in <laughs> Buddhism, you're not allowed to lay books on the ground. Okay. You can't lay any of those books on the ground, which I don't know. Where do you, wow. you have a lot of them? Wow. So that's interesting. So, so he he was uh, he was reached by the filming of this uh, movie by his participation in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, very cool. Uh, hey, um, just so you know, I I just sent you a, a message in the chat. Um, uh, you can pull that up on the the side of the window there. Um, but uh, if you can't, no worries. But um, you know, you 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 said something that I'm. It kind of piqued my interest. It's not, it's not directly about the, uh, the film, but there's no doubt. I'm sure it's going to play into, um, your making of the film. I'm sure it's going to factor in. And that is, you said that you, um, you went, you got quarantined. You went into quarantine, one thing, and you came out a Calvinist. Um, I'm a, I'm a, a Calvinist myself. How, how did that happen? Well, are we good now? You can hear me and everything. Okay. I can hear you great. Okay, yep. So, you know, I, I, uh, I got saved in what would be described as a, a mega church, a church okay. out, out here called Flatirons um, Community Church. It's a great church. Um, you know, well, I'll just tell you the story. So, uh, I had some, I had some, some terrible things sort of done to me business wise, and and mm. I just, I was just kind of crushed, and so. Um, my wife and I both had murky religious upbringings. Um, I was raised in a cult, Jehovah Witness, hmm. and my wife was also, she's a Catholic. Um, and so we're just sort of like, just hit, hit bottom, sort of. So you, you're, you're raised in Jehovah's, uh, Jehovah's Witness cult, um, and you're, you met your wife. You guys are, are right. coming from different religious backgrounds. Uh, so t together you're, you're on this journey, both coming from different starting points. Uh, neither one, uh, maybe certainly it doesn't seem like you, you were where you are now and you right. felt like you, you hit rock bottom. So yeah, was so this we, during so, quarantine or? So we, uh, no, it was, no, this was before. So we, we went Got to, it. um, this 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 church here i'm trying to this okay up. this was this was at uh at, at flat so, Flatiron. so I, I literally said to my wife i said well let's go see what the crazy christians are doing in our neighborhood <laughs> and 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 so we went and to make a long story short 
um, I just heard the message of Christ the way I'd never heard it before. Hmm. And so we kept going. And the first six weeks I spent um, uh, researching both uh, theologically and historically and trying to disprove what I was, what I was hearing. Wow. And so after going for about eight weeks, I'm driving home with my wife and I look over it and I go, uh, honey, I, I think we're Christians. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, I think you're right. And so, um, so we got baptized there, but, but the point is, is, is it, it came to the point where I needed, I needed to not just have a faith. I needed to have a theology. Hmm. I needed to have a real understanding of uh, what it was that I was. Can you hear me? Okay. I got you loud and clear. Yep. Can you hear me now? Yep. Loud and okay. Clear. All right. Uh, I'm just trying to adjust this for you there. Totally. I think that's better. Um, so, so we, we found, we found a, an, another church here, a reform, a reformed church. Um, Reformed Baptist, as, Presbyterian, Reformed Reform Baptist, and that okay. was an act of God too. Uh, it was the first couple weeks of the quarantine, and oh, yeah. uh, this this pastor was—I didn't know he was a pastor, but I asked this guy. I was at a coffee shop. Oh, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm trying to set up video so I can and speak to my flock. And I go, oh, are you a preacher? And he so yeah, so he was the, he's the preacher that we go into Reformed Baptist. Um. But, you know, all that time in, inside, I, you know, I read systematic theology. I started reading Edward, Abraham Kuyper. I started, yeah. watching, uh, I started reaching, uh, reading, um, and watching, um, Jeff, Jeff Durbin down in Arizona mm -hmm. and, uh, Douglas Wilson and R.C. Sproul. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like it's just such an amazing, amazing world. And, you know, yeah. like your podcast is all about being able to answer questions. Uh, about your faith and mm -hmm. and that just did it you know and that's the thing too that i notice about um filmmakers of faith is that they have this sort of this sort of i, I don't know I, I don't want to sound like an idiot it's this simple view of their faith when mm. when 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 you know kierkegaard said that that the, the gospels are ten thousand fathoms deep mm. And so they don't have a theology that they can apply into their writing, in vision, whatever, whatever story is that they're telling. I'm not knocking them. I, I, if you're making movies, you should make movies. Um, and that's one of the things that you know, if, if you read Ride Sally Ride, it's, you know exactly what the theology of that writer is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, you know, this might be a good time to do this, but um, I, I want to get into, since we're talking theology, mm -hmm. uh, I really want to get into the, so where the rubber meets the road about um, the theology of this book and how it addresses the, uh, well, as I, I mentioned earlier, the diminishment of women, you know, mm -hmm. what it, what it means to be created by God and how the issues addressed in this book diminish women as well as some other cultural currents um, that we're experiencing. But I thought this might be a good time to go ahead and play the teaser trailer that's up at Ride Sally movie. Um, yep. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, and pull that up and, um, 
And for, so for those of you watching, if you've read the book, if all the viewers, listeners, by the way, if you're listening on podcast, uh, after the fact, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook right now, uh, your best option is to go to, um, Go to StreamYard.com slash Facebook, and you can enter in your permissions there so you can comment. Um, I'm sure we're going to have some questions, comments for uh, for Joseph as we go. If you're watching on YouTube, you can just put your comments right down there in the chat. And uh, do me a favor, write a cue before your question, just so that when I'm searching through uh, the comments, I can find the questions. And, um, and maybe we won't have any questions today, but I have a hunch that we might. Um, but if you're if you're watching this, uh, or listening to this and you've already read the book, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to assume you've probably already seen this trailer because this trailer came out. The teaser trailer came out as the book was, was getting ready to come out and it is so enticing. And when you watch it, you're going to see exactly why, uh, Joseph is exactly right when he says, when, you know, when he said this needs to be made into a movie. So, um, so check out this trailer and, um, and then we'll continue. We'll talk about the theological aspects of, um, of the the film here we go i always felt like a spark in a world full of fumes people who knew me they weren't surprised no one ever said but he always seems so nice maybe they'll psychoanalyze me in books have a breaking report of a gruesome murder in an East Denver recycling center. The suspect is in custody and the victim has been identified as local resident Sally Sasani. But when everyone is insane, sanity looks like madness. My name is Asahel and this is my story. The story of one spark in a world full of fumes. Hey, big boy. Do we need a safe word? There is a safe word. It's uh, you'll see it in the, when the, when we after we make the movie. It's I wrote it into the screenplay. Um, it's that's not in the book. The, oh, is the book right? is the book is so so big in its in its vision um, that you know in a in a in a perfect world it would be a ten part miniseries you know with a, a twenty five million dollar budget um, because it's it's just it's so rich. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot to it. Um, it, it is. You're right because. You know, in the book, it, it describes, it, it's set 20 years in the future. And I think that's probably what, uh, what Doug Wilson got the biggest pushback on, other than just, you know, people having issues with <laughs> what it's dealing with, you know, sex bots and stuff. But they're right. like, but, but the people who enjoyed the book and myself included were like, really 20 years in the future? Right. You know, like you, you think all this stuff is that far away. Um, but, uh, but when in, in the, in your, version of it in your screenplay uh my understanding is it's sort of an unspecified future year right it's not necessarily 20 years yeah it's not because as soon as you tell some as soon as you tell uh moviegoers um that it's in the future <laughs> they have visions of flying cars and um so it's unspecified um 
because I didn't want the audience to be distracted about uh, in those sort of linear terms of like how far in the future went on. I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted the focus to be on, on the message and the overarching message is that if you, if we in culture and society uh, take ideas and things and treat them as if they are real women, we will ultimately treat real women as if they are things. And, and, and the, 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 the transgender thing is a perfect example of that. Okay. So let's, let's get into that. Um, you mentioned transgender. We're talking about sex robots. Right. Uh, help, help us understand what is the connection there? Because sex robots, that's a, that's a thing. That is an object. Ultimately, it's a, you know, a computer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, transgender people, those are people. What, what, what's the connection? And how do you draw that connection to this theme of diminishing women? Right. Well, and, 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 and the screenplay addresses that. So if you take a sex bot and like in the book, uh, this kid who crushes it, he crushes this, this sex bot because his neighbor tries to tempt him with it. And this kid is a, a Bible student in college and the kid gets mad. And later on, he tells you why he did it. Um, because he was, he felt this sort of what he described as a satanic, uh, temptation at the hands of another man. And so if you take these, these synthetic things that look like women and society says, okay, you can marry this thing and we need to give it the same reverence, respect and rights as a regular real woman. It's the same thing as the idea of, of, of taking a man and giving him hormones and letting him dress as a woman and then asking me to have the same respect uh, and reverence, if you will, as I have for my wife. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's insanity. It really is. Right. You know, I mean, I, we live in a free country. Thank God for on many levels. Yeah. But don't tell me that, uh, certain acts that are performed in the alphabet people parades are the same as, as, as the relationship I have with my wife. It's not, I'm not here to try and stop you. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm just here to send a message that um, I'm here to apologize to absolutely nobody uh, for taking this stand that there are only two sexes. Mm. Yeah, two sexes, and uh, you know the pushback you're going to get there with that statement is there might be two sexes biologically, but there are multiple genders and gender. You know that that's sort of the big push is to try and separate gender, the external expression of sex, from sex. You know, from biological sex itself. And so, from that statement, I'm I'm gathering you don't make that distinction, correct? In, in that. Someone who's biologically male, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's actually incorrect, immoral for that person to seek to express himself outwardly as a female. If he's a man, right. his gen- it's, it's an his sex and gender are both male. 
it's an attack on the image of God. Okay, talk about that. Now let's get into that because um you know, you you've been studying theology, you've been reading all this, you've been going uh, down the reformed rabbit trail, which yeah. uh you know, I went down that years ago. I'm still down it. Yeah. And well, there's uh, no getting out of it once you're in it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So so how is let's stay in the transgender conversation for a second. How is that an attack on the image of God? Well, we're image bearers of God, mm-hmm. and there's there's men and there's women, and so let's just take let's just take the sex bot, okay? Okay. And now I'm not talking about mannequins that you dress up at the at, at Macy's, right? Okay. I'm talking about a uh, uh, three to eight thousand dollar synthetic doll that has all the anatomical things uh, that a perversion would want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and to take the, that to take the image of God in that way and then uh, move it into the realm of marriage. And first off, let me tell you in my research, there are men out there are married to these things already. This is already happening. I, I've seen some of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's already happened. I don't know how legal it is or what it is, but I've seen that they've had ceremonies. And, and so then again, then you have another, another attack on God. Listen, all of these things, um, all of these, um, uh, sexual proclivities of, of, uh, the, the, the rainbow people, they are all an attack on the image of God. You know, and it goes back to the what 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 some people don't like to talk about or think about is that we are in the midst of the spiritual warfare. Right. You know, people like to talk about um, you know the, the loveliness of heaven and and the and the sort of like the byproducts of the faith, but you also have to think about the spiritual warfare that's going on. And there's nothing better than the culture than to attack the image of God through sex. It's sex, sex, sex all the time. Yeah. And, and then uh, don't even get me started on, on, you know, K- Kellogg's putting, um, uh, transgender cereal out there. I don't know if you saw that. N- no, I, I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> yeah. well, it, was just, it was just this week. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and this, the connection between, gender and sex and the image of God, it really goes back to the beginning, doesn't it? Genesis 127. In the beginning, uh, or or God created man in his own image, male and female, he created them. So he creates humanity in his image. And part of that expression is male and female. So men are made in God's image as men, as males. Women are made in God's image um, as Women, we, part of, part of our Imago Dei, uh, mm-hmm. and that's not to say God is both. God tells us he's a, he's, he doesn't mean he's a physical man, you know, prior to the incarnation, but, but women are just as image, just as much image bearers as men mm-hmm. in their, in their womanliness, right? And men are just as much image bearers of God in, uh, our manliness. And so if a man is, trying to transition, trying to express himself as not man, not a man, that man is, is, is breaking the image of God, so to speak, is, is rebelling against the image of God because he was created to reflect the image of God as a man. I, I, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, would you, no, would you agree with that? I, 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 com- I completely agree with what, with what you said, which is why I go back to, um, 
treat treating things as if they are real women is like treating things as if they are the really the image of God and yeah. then and then degrading them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the other that's thing great. that's interesting about about this sort of um, sexual culture that that uh, our world seems to be enveloped in is that again it's it's another topic or thing that that the culture chooses that can never be accomplished like like um, changing the weather or <sighs> or sur- s- uh, s- uh, stamping out homelessness and starvation um, or what what else can you never do you could never change your sex hmm. so so they just they just it's just constantly pounded on you in the culture you know and it and it, it, it's, right. it's it makes me think back briefly for uh, 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 Tim Tebow out here, you know, he said, uh, I wanted to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ twice. And yeah. all, all you heard was, he's shoving his religion down our throats. <laughs> As they put their Christmas trees up in December. Right. Man. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul said that uh, we are the we we are the aroma of life to those who are being saved and the aroma, the stench of death to those who are perishing. And it doesn't take much. It doesn't, you know, and as things get darker, it just takes a little bit of light to hurt people's eyes. And so, you know, thanking my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, hey, not a big deal. And guess what? 50 years ago, still, you know, would would have been a a non-factor. But today, that's that's huge. That's huge. You know, if he had thanked... uh, what I, I mean, if he had thanked uh, some some pagan god or or, or uh, you know uh, some false god, or if he had given himself credit and said, you know, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps, applauded, he right. would have been he would have been lauded, or, or, or it just would have been a non. Or if he had a prayer rug under his arm. That's right. That's right. Because that's that's the right kind of diversity. But Christian faith, faith in Jesus Christ, you know, uh, n- that's the wrong kind of diversity. We're not yeah. interested in that. Well, you so, know, that's, that's yeah. Go ahead. No, no, well, well, and, and this is what I'm excited about, about this film. Um, it's based, so it's based on the premise, as you say, if you treat things like, if you treat something that's not a woman, like a woman, you're going to end up treating women like things. You're blurring that line. And they're already doing that. When, when you, when you take, uh, there's a story on Breitbart today about the USA Today changing, uh, some of the phraseology this young girl wrote because she could have gone to college on a track scholarship, but she lost in nationals twice to a biological boy, Mm. you know? So that is already an assault on women. Where are the feminists? Where are the feminist outrage? Right. It's tribalism. It's not anything other than that. But here's the other thing that's important to to think about um, in this book and in this movie. And, and it's another thing. Christians get really uncomfortable when you talk about sex. In right. my experience, sometimes. I mean, when I first announced that I was going to make this movie, I got, I got, it wasn't quite hate mail. There was a little bit of hate mail. And I just refer them to Twitter because I don't, I have an account, but it's just for hate mail. I don't even go there. Oh, yeah. um, is, is ooh, Christians get really uncomfortable talking about sex sometimes. But here's the point. And if you want to read um, somebody really brilliant talk about um, sex in, in, inside the church and Christianity and its purity, um, I would suggest you read some of the writings of Chesterton. Okay, so 
So when, when, when sex is everywhere, it's all over the TV, it's on the billboard. Let me tell you, ED commercials are not about erectile dysfunction. It's about sex. Right. So when sex is propagated everywhere, actual real sex starts to decrease. Yeah. But when it's confined into a, into a group or a union like marriage, it flourishes. Yeah. Okay, that's one of the that's one of the points in the novel, and that's one of the points that I make in the movie. And one of the overarching re- re- themes in the in the movie too is that you know, in the midst of all this, there's a great love story about um, a, a young man who's comfortable with his masculinity, and a young woman who is helped by him to find her true feminine femininity, and they come together. But here's my point is that inside the context of a Christian marriage, sex should be amazing. Mm-hmm. It should be as, it's complicated, I understand that, but it should be often and joyous. Yeah. And many children should come from it, you know? Yeah. You, you know, you should get married mm-hmm. young. You should get married young. You should have as many kids as you can. Start your own little nation and mm-hmm. cut your grass and love your neighbor. And then you are, a punk. Yeah. I'm a punk. I'm a punk rock person today because I go to church. I love my wife. I love my kid. I love my neighbors to the best of my ability. And I cut my grass. <laughs> right. That's, that's counterculture. We are the counterculture. Absolutely. The counterculture that was in the sixties. That's gone. Yeah. I saw that on your website that, uh, you're you're living the life of a modern day punk, yeah. and I, I I I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to ask you about it. Um, and you're 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 exactly right. In fact, uh, we were talking about Doug Wilson, um, at a recent conference last year, uh, at the Fight Laugh Feast conference. Yeah, he said something like, uh, it was it was something similar, but he said, uh, and maybe this shows that shows you know what generation he comes from, but he he called us hippies. He's yeah. like, you know, we're the we're the counterculture, we're the hippies. Right. You know, get out there like the hippies that you really are. Right. Um, we're not the establishment, and um, and and you know, as the counterculture, it, it's expected that we oppose culture, but that's been in the Christian DNA for two thousand years. James, the apostle, uh, you know, the author of the book of James says, um, friendship with the world is enmity towards God. Right. And and so there's this opposition set up. It doesn't mean we don't love the world. We don't love our neighbor. Of course we love our neighbor. Of course we love the people of the world, but we oppose the world system that is, as you put it earlier, you know, uh, attacking the image of God. And, yeah. and, and we do it like, you know, like, like the punks, like the hippies that we are. That's in our DNA. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the, the themes that you're addressing, uh, are there going to be any major divergences? You mentioned the, the safe word. That's sort of a detail you're adding in the film. Any other major discrepancies or differences between the film and the book? Um, I, I think the only discrepancies, uh, first off, there's so many great characters in the book that they could never have all been in the movie. And some of the ones that are in the, in the, in the screenplay, um, you didn't get a lot of their backstory. 
because it just, I had to focus on, 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 uh, on the message, on the theme and on the narrative, on the overarching narrative of, of the story. Um, so, and then I had to, I, I think there's, I think there's two very minor characters that I, uh, invented, um, to help move the narrative, to, to move the narrative forward, to, to make a cultural point and to add, um, more humor to it. It's, it's a, it's good. It's a comedy. It's a romantic comedy with yeah. sex bots and, and, <laughs> you know, lawyers and woke district attorneys and, yeah. You know, there's a there's a, 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 a governor of California who fancies himself as the president of California because his goal is to combine all these sort of uh, Western states and then completely secede. And hmm. he doesn't talk about uh, going to war. He talks about going to culture war against the red states hmm. because he knows that that's more effective than actual war because just to, to briefly dip into politics, uh, the left doesn't play the weekend game. They don't play the week game. They play the 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50 year game. You know, you go all the way back to the new school and those people who were here in in the sixties. And what did they do? They went into media and Hollywood and academia and, and you know, and that's to their credit. That's why they are ruling right now. It's just like um, other religions. They don't play. They don't play the year game. They play the hundred year game. So what I'm here to do is to step into that and plant that seed uh, for for outcomes that I will probably never live to see. Right. And that's what we need people to do. It's, I, don't it's care, the- I don't care if you're a if you paint pictures or you write songs yeah. or whatever. Be brave. Be bold. Don't <laughs> listen. Do whatever you can, but nothing irks me more than to watch a faith-based movie where Jimmy dies and he goes to heaven for 30 minutes and meets grandma, and grandma is still 75 years old. Right. I mean, at least be more creative. Yeah. Y- you know? Um, and, and then again, that's where I say, uh, okay, great. You want to make uh, Christian content? What is your theology? What is mm. the firm grounding of your ideas? Um, as you're talking about, you know, playing this long game, uh, culture war versus, you know, hot war. Right. Um, it reminds me of the difference between the classical Marxist strategy, you know, the, the Leninist, the, um, the Stalinist strategy of, of, uh, you know, domination through physical oppression versus the, the, uh, strategy put forward by the Italian Marxist Antonio Gramsci, which was, and I'm probably butchering his last name there, but the long march through the institutions. Uh-huh. We're going to we'll take control of the universities. We're going to take control of the, you know, the entertainment and the education and, and politics. And, and that has absolutely proven more effective. Um, why has it been so difficult for Christians to make similar gains in the culture. You know, why haven't we seen, we've got the more compelling message. We've got truth on our side. Why has it, and, and maybe we did in the past, maybe we lost something over the years, but why has it been so difficult, uh, in, in your eyes for Christians and conservatives to make these significant games over the long run in culture? Well, I, 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 I think that, 
there are a lot of people that are more concerned with being liked than they are with their salvation. Hmm. And um, again, if the world likes you, loves you, then they hate, they hate me. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, is what, is what Christ said. And, and I think, listen, one thing that, uh, you know, that I learned from Doug, Douglas Wilson is to um, have a thick skin and a soft heart and know that uh, uh, as soon as these people or whoever's done uh, typing at me or yelling at me, uh, they're not going to think about me when they're got their face over a bowl of mac and cheese at home later on. You know, yeah. uh, it's a passing thing. It's a, uh, it's just a, a, a passing angst of angriness. Um, and, you know, anger a lot of times makes people uh, feel like they're alive. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, reminds me of the guy that uh, uh, flipped me off and, and cursed me and my mother the other day while we were driving. <laughs> I was uh, I was with my boys. We were coming back from the gym, and uh, I made a, a left turn and totally didn't see him. Totally my fault. Veered into his lane, and he's honking at me. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. He comes all the way around the block and, and, and cuts me off at the next intersection and just, you know, lets me have it, you know, uh, flips me, you know, a couple of birds and mm-hmm. curses me out, curses my mom out. And it was so over the top, Joseph. It was like... Now, I had my boys with me as well, and I think the Holy Spirit was calming me down, but, um, but it was so over the top. It was just so, it's like, what, you know, what did I do, man? Like, did I, you know, sneak into your house and slap you in the face while you were sleeping? Like, this is just so over the top. It, 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 it didn't even phase me. I had that sense of like, this guy needs prayer. Like, this guy needs to be, to be pitied. And I don't say that out of pride. I mean, legitimately, like this is a guy who doesn't know Christ, doesn't have the peace of Christ, doesn't have the joy of Christ. And, and so I prayed for him as we were driving and, and by God's grace, the kids were able to see, you know, me respond in a Christ-like way. Not to say I always do that, but by God's grace, that time I did. And, um, and you're right. He probably went home. Maybe he fumed about it for a little bit and then he went home and ate his mac and cheese and probably forgot all about it. And so, uh, you know, God's forgiven me of a lot worse. Yeah. And, and yeah. so far be it from me to hold it, hold anything against this guy. You know, I, uh, I don't do this anymore because I don't think it's, um, loving my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a, there was a couple years where, um, I was what was called a stay at home dad. Um, and I would be out with my daughter, you know, at three or four years old. And I would get advice from other mothers uh, when I was, I was pretty proficient at what I was doing already. And uh, um, I would just look at them and I'd say, how bitch you're fun to live with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that anymore, but the yeah. guy who cut you off, I bet he's fun to live with. We got to pray for whoever it is has to wake up next to that guy or, yeah. or make the mac and cheese. Yeah. Right. You know, right? I mean, well, yeah, man. Uh, look, and and here's the beauty of praying for him too. It's like on the last day, you know, Jesus says he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be incredible? I don't even remember what this guy looked like here. He probably doesn't remember me, but um, but wouldn't it be amazing if on that day we were given insight to see? Hey, hey, look, someone's getting. So I'm I'm over here with the sheep by God's grace. I'm over here with you know, the followers of Jesus Christ. And look, a couple of rows down, there's that guy that cursed me out and 
God used my prayer. God, because God uses our prayers. I don't know. I mean, we're Calvinists, so we know that he uses prayers. Don't always know why he, quote unquote, needs us to pray. Not that he does, but he's sovereign, but he uses our prayers. God used that guy cutting me off and getting angry at me. To, to spark me to pray for him. And that was the moment, the inciting incident in his life that started to turn things where my God answered my prayer and now he's saved and now he's over here with the sheep. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing yeah. to, to see? You know, we don't know how you mentioned the spiritual war. We don't know how God's using those prayers in that spiritual battle that we find ourselves in. Right. And, you know, and that, that makes me, <coughs> excuse me, that makes me think of a, of a, of a, of a topic in the, in the book that's in the film and an exchange so this young kid's father is an elder at the, at the local church and, yeah. and, uh, he fancies himself, uh, a sort of not quite a charismatic, but that everybody can be saved. And so the, the conflict between the father and the son in this is that when this guy introduces this sex bot as his wife, the father's like, we got to have them over. And the son is like, what do you mean them? There's no, right. there's no them over there. Right. And the father is making this point that everybody can be saved, that he's, he's out there to try and save everybody. And the son's, and the son says to him, uh, well, what if he goes home and says the prayer? And then he comes back and tells us that Sally said the prayer too. And he wants our pastor to baptize her. Right. Which, which, which is, um, which is something that's in the book uh, that is touched upon in the movie too. Yeah. I mean, uh, the book even goes into, and, and that I'm able, I, I was able to, to bring it up and touch upon it because, and I hate to, I hate, I hate to inform your audience of this, but this is also a real thing um, because um, in the book and also that I wrote in the film, just so we know that, that depravity knows no bounds um, at one point. Um, uh, Benson, who's the, fa- the the kid's father, uh, is confronting his pastor, and he says, uh, uh, "What about the animals?" And the pastor goes, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "The the, bro- the, the brothels that they have with robot animals in them." Oh man, yeah. And and the the pastor says, "Well, we'll do a Noah's Ark thing." And, I mean, because it's it's it's. It, Here's what's great about the book, too, in the movie is that I don't know that faith-based movies are getting people around the world by the thousands to bend the knee. I strongly doubt that. Right. But what I think they need to do sometimes is punch good Christians that are asleep in the back of the head, including including myself at times. Everybody Mm -hmm. needs a, a little reminder. And 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 that's what happens to the father is he's this sort of he really thinks that the sun shines a little bit more on him as he sets about to save anybody that crosses his path while while, while missing the real point of uh, which is to stand up for the faith you know i always i'm always amazed when you see um some of these pastors uh from big churches uh being interviewed um, by media people and, and what they go right to the, uh, to the homosexual question. They go the, right. The interviewer does. Yeah. They go right to it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I've had that asked upon me and my reply is why is it you were so obsessed with sex? 
Because mm. there's so much more to talk about. But if this is just a got you, you know, you can check that off if that's what you need to do. But there's so much more to talk about. There's so much more common ground than 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 their obsession with with sex. Yeah. Which is which is what the book and the movie is about too. Is 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 how this obsession with with these different forms of of now of synthetic sex mm-hmm. starts to des- destroy the inner cities, which is why in the book and the movie there's these there's literally like blue states and red states. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. We've seen freedoms and lack of freedoms just with the 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 corona. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, it's drawn all kinds of lines across our society, uh, ideologically. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And I've come back to that so, so many times and, and I can't wait to see how you portray this in the film. Uh, I've come back to it in my own thinking of like, okay, am I in a free state? Or am I in a not free state? Uh, last year over the summer, you know, I, I mentioned to you off, off air, uh, that we moved out of Chicago recently and, um, we were very, very blessed to be able to live for about three months at some friend's house. They, they weren't there. Uh, they were somewhere else, but, um, we we're living at this friend's house in Indiana and, uh, Indiana, if you're going to draw those lines, you know, like the lines that, that Doug Wilson draws in the book. Indiana was a free state. And uh, so we would go to church. Uh, we found a great little Southern Baptist church about a half an hour from where we were living. And we didn't have to wear masks. And the kids could go into the uh, the, the kids class and they had a WANA, which is like a kids discipleship program. Um, and they're in there without masks and they're running around and they're being kids. And and, you know, we're, we're for the there were some stores that were still requiring masks because it was, you know, things were a little crazier. But then we would drive back into the city of Chicago and um, where we still had our house and we'd go to like the Home Depot or we'd go to the hospital or whatever it was. Um, that's a whole other story. But uh, everybody's wearing masks, man, and everybody's yeah. hostile. You can see it in the eyes, the fear, and people are keeping their distance. And man, pull your mask down for a second. And, and sir, sir, could, could you pull your mask up? You know, and it's like, uh, y- yeah, I, I can do that. Could you chill though? <laughs> can you relax? And there's just such a stark difference. So we're already seeing those lines being drawn. Let me ask you this. How permanent do you think those lines are? Do you think that we're witnessing something like a new normal or is this all going to blow over? Um, I think that you will always see people wearing masks here and there forever from now on from this day forward hmm. um because you remember the peanuts and linus who carried around his blanket oh yeah that yeah. was part of his identity and his comfort um there's a lot of sick people in the world and i don't say that with any glee um yeah i think it's permanent i think here here's what i here's what i think i think that that this country is going to continue to move into uh, those who believe in Christ and those who do not. Now, not those who believe in God and those who do not. Right. If I had a conversation with somebody the other day and, and, and he was talking all willy nilly about how God's doing things in his life and he's, you know, God's, God really got him through this and that. And I said, well, what God is that you're talking about? It's like, oh, God of the universe. Oh. I said, where's your reference point for that? Yeah. 
You know, well, you know, I'm like, no, I don't know. Because listen, if I said to him, this is somebody that's a dear friend I've known for many years that if we connected with, he's having some difficulties. I said, if you don't get specific about your prayer and ask Christ to come into your life, you might as well pray to a jug of milk. Because <laughs> right. he's like, what? I said, listen, here's, 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 here's something that I, that I always tell when I've worked with young writers. Um, for me, screenwriting is based on simplicity and specificity. And that is because that is what the universe is made of. Simplicity and specificity hmm. in your writing. And if you don't be... If you don't get simple and specific about your prayer and your ask, might as well pray to Judah Milk. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, yeah, the, that's, the, that's punk rock. That's right. Well, see, this is what this is what I man. So I, I told you I was looking forward to this, Joseph, and I got to tell you, man, I like the cut of your jib. I like the way you view things, man. I, I like how you how you reference. This, this new rebellious attitude, which is really normal. It's really, it's honestly, it's, it's what ought to be normal. Right. Um, follow Christ, treat your neighbors with love and respect, mow your lawn, you know, take care of what you, what you have, be a good steward and, uh, you know, go to church. That's, that's supposed to be normal. Normal meaning it follows the norms God laid out. And, um, and, and not using the F word is punk rock now. That's right. But that thing is slung around everywhere. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it used to have, a, listen, before I was a Christian, it used to have a little bit of poetry to it. It mm. really could get a point across. Yeah. Now it's just, it starts and ends a sentence. It's just right. ridiculous. Yeah, that's right. It's like a, it's like punctuation for your sentence. You know? Um, you know, there's something I wanted to, oh, oh, you know, um, what, th- this idea of transgressive, Christian films, which I haven't used that. I haven't heard that phrase. I'm just coming up with it now. Maybe, maybe I heard it somewhere, but, uh, tran- transgressively normal, like, like, like the book, if, if your film follows the book, then it's, it's not the, it's, it's not the Christians who are crazy. Like, yeah, the, the book's got sex bots in it, but it's the, the people, the worldlings in the book who are pushing the sex bot thing. And, and that's just like real life. Like, like here we are Christians trying to live in this world. That's pushing transgenderism and sex bots. And they're trying to tell us that it's normal. And what I really like about um, the idea of this film, and I can't wait to see it is this, the films that Hollywood comes out with. And I know you left Hollywood on your own terms. I've followed some of your own story. I've done a little, a little homework on you as well. Um, and, and I, it was, it was cool to hear about your story, how you left Hollywood. But, um, one of these ideas I've really been getting into lately, Joseph, is that Hollywood, and I don't want to be too conspiratorial here, cons- conspiracist. Okay. I kind of do, but I, I, I don't want to. Um, ho- Hollywood has an agenda, whether they're overt about it or not. Right. And I, I had a guest on recently. Um, when we were talking about how these different films, um, they tell the story of humanity uniting together to oppose the invader from the sky who's bringing death and judgment. And it's such a Luciferian story, man. Like, right. 
You know, it's like Satan rebelling against God and we're all going to unite together to oppose him. And, and then it's like, okay, so I don't want to be buying into that worldview, but what's the alternative? These, these milk toast Christian stories that, um, that don't challenge me, that I kind of know what's going to happen. Uh, and, and, and ride Sally ride is neither one of those. No, it's, no, a, it's really, um, Let me just say they're not going to be shown at Joel Osteen's uh, arena. <laughs> you don't think so? No. Listen, we have to be uh, we have to be brave. We have to be bold. We have to step out there. Uh, Hollywood is a death cult run out of a back room of a brothel. Okay, I worked in it, and mm. and 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 they have an agenda, and they have a right to have an agenda. It's a free country, and that's why we should step forward and put our own messages out there. Nothing bugs me more than when I see Jesus, pictures of Jesus, and he's floating on the air in a robe, and he's got blue eyes and long hair, right. you know, because he was a dark-skinned guy, yeah. and he worked with stone and wood his whole life, so yeah. he, was, he was probably a six-foot, uh, uh, well-built guy, and you know, when they talk about, uh, they, they always, these movies where he's like turning over the tables, he turns over a couple of tables and then he whips somebody. Well, uh, that courtyard was 30 acres and he probably spent a good part of that morning there running around and whipping people. Right. right. He didn't turn a couple of tables and those yeah. tables were, that were not easily turned over. You know, there's a historical yeah. element that gets lost in all of our, all, all of, all of our, our stories. It sounds uh, like you're viewing it like a, filmmaker when, when's that movie going to come out yeah oh you know what here's here's another thing too about the upside down world um that we're in and that and that and that it, it, you talk about set into the future and and uh being having this sort of punk rock rebellious attitude that's one of the things that always drew me to christian that drew me to christianity was it is was its rebellious nature really my years as a buddhist left me feeling like a, a fifth century roman eunuch um so so in the book and in the movie, there is a thing um, that's only found on the dark web, and it's called virtue porn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what virtue porn is, like in the one scene in the movie, is of a, of a woman in this sort of dystopian alley, and she's carrying her groceries, and it's dark, and she gets a little nervous, and then there's a puddle in front of her. And there's this, and the whole sort of like that bow, chicka bow, chicka bow music, you know? Yeah. And it's shot kind of, it'll be shot all kind of grainy. <clears throat> and so she doesn't know what to do. And um, from the corner of it comes running this, this sort of handsome masculine man. He picks up her groceries. He takes his coat off and lays it across the pond and picks her up and carries her over it and out yeah. of the alley safely. And in this world of Ride, Sally, Ride, um, the district attorney uh, watches this and he says, oh, that's disgusting. Treat, <laughs> treating women like helpless things. Right. You know? So, so. And just to be clear, that's the, that's the porn is. Yeah. Watching a man act respectfully and politely to a woman because the culture is so upside down that what's normal is the, 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 the degrading hyper feministic, uh, you know, just impersonal 
sexual degradation. And so this virtue porn is like, is like, you can't even get that from the mainstream channels anymore. You've got to go down the, you know, the, the dark back alleys of the web. Uh, so it's just, it's uh, this hilarious, like satirical, um, it's satirical, but it, it, is it that satirical though? Because like every Netflix film now has some homosexual couple in it. You know what I mean? Like, like that stuff is very normalized and, you know, a clean movie that's just, you know, up is up, right is right, bad is bad. That would, that's very countercultural. Right. And that's another thing too, is if you want to talk about uh, counterculture and rebellious nature is people out there um, that are filmmakers or artists or creators of some, some sense. And don't get me wrong when I say this, mm-hmm. you don't have to put people shouting to God in your story. You don't have to put Jesus in your story. You don't have to put quotes from the Bible in the story. But if you are a person that wants to be salt and light in this world, just make a good, uplifting movie. You don't have, you don't even have to mention the gospels. I, that's when I talk about the hundred year culture war, you know, just put those things out there um, and, and be a silent evangelist, you know, and then mm. maybe if you're doing, if you're presenting it, then, then, you know, let people know who you are, but you don't yeah. have to make movies um, about, you know, Jimmy going to heaven or, yeah. or retelling the story of Paul. And I'm not knocking any of that. Sure. But I'm telling them that we need to change our direction by just the word culture. Culture is supposed to be uplifting. It's supposed to be things of beauty and intellectual stimulation and, and excitement, not the blockery, not the, the Hollywood, the wives of whatever, be Jersey Shore or whatever, you know, it just needs to be something that's beautiful and uplifting and, and because I think that's oftentimes it pigeonholes people of faith that they go right to you know how do I get how do I how do I how do I evangelize with this movie well you evangelize by just making something beautiful making something with no f-bombs in it or yeah. or, or guns or yeah. You know, I'll tell you an interesting story real quick about that. So um, when I was casting, and by the way, I you know, I, I made this movie, The Healing Garden, which you can rent on Amazon and other places, which is which is exactly that. It's what I was hired to do. You know, I was hired to make this nice family movie that teaches Bible stories to kids, hmm. you know. Um, but when I was casting this, this is this was real. This was a real eye opener to me. So actors today. um they send you, uh, usually they, a lot of them have websites now. So you go to their websites and you can watch, um, scenes of some of the films that they've acted in. So there was this one actress and she was, she would have been great. She was perfect. And I, so I sent her the script and she apparently read it and she wrote me back and she said, I'm not comfortable with literal interpretations of the Bible. This is a woman who two of the scenes on her video reel, one was her being beat by a boyfriend and the other one was her fighting off a rapist in an alley. Hmm. So, so can you see how, how, how the evil 
in this world can just manipulate people into like, she was uncomfortable playing the role of sort of a Sunday school teacher. Wow. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a real, I mean, that's something Jordan Peterson could talk hours on. I guess. And, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <you> know? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, so you're, you're talking about creating uplifting stories. Culture is supposed to be uplifting and, you know, uh, uh, preach the gospel through creating, you know, uh, the, I, I'm going to extrapolate on what you're saying here and correct me if I'm getting it wrong, but you know, the, uh, you're creating stories that are, uh, presenting an upright world. Uh, you know, good is good. Evil is evil. Um, and something is, there's a thought formulating in my mind as we speak here, Joseph. Uh, formulate it, Joel. Formulate it. Okay. Okay. So, so if you, you mentioned, you said that great quote, which I did put up on the screen for those who are watching. Uh, Hollywood is a death cult run out of the back of a brothel. I love that. I'm going to quote that. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that often. But, um, this idea, these, these big blockbuster epics that, portray the heroes of mankind, the gods of mankind coming together and opposing the evil invader from the sky. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced and, and maybe you're not, maybe others aren't, but I'm convinced that the, that that is a retelling of the story of uh, basically Lucifer's rebellion against God, but told from his perspective. Okay. So it's, it's, um, you know, look, there's the, the invader from the sky, whether it's Thanos, whether it's, um, uh, dark side, whether it's, um, Darth Vader, Darth Vader. Thank you. Or, uh, Megatron. Uh, no, no. Megatron's the good guy. Who's the bad guy in, in Transformers? I forget. Um, but there's always some invader from the sky, whether it's the aliens in, in uh, Independence Day and all humanity has to come together. They're not turning to God for help, right? They're, they're opposing this invader from the heavens. I'm convinced it's whether consciously or not, that's a retelling of the, of a Luciferian story. Okay. Yeah. Now. Yeah. What do we do? do you, so, do you agree with that? You think that's absolutely, crazy? Absolutely, it's the it's the dragon in the sky in Game of Thrones. Thank you, thank you. It, it, it's always they're always coming from the sky, and it's like, well, if Satan were to retell his story, how would he tell it? Yeah, the one coming from the sky is evil, but the one uniting humanity together to muster up their own strength and oppose him, you know, that's that's the good guy, right? Okay, so so then the Christ, what's the Christian equivalent of that? Well. I think there's a lot of potential here with, with Ride Sally Ride, if I may say, because in the book, there's redemption. There's, there's sin and there's depravity. And then there is, and there's multiple lines of redemption and it's not cheesy. It's not corny. Um, look, salvation is never corny. I, I, and, and, and I'm glad that there are the corny movies out there. I've watched plenty of them and I like, I like God's not dead. I like that movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't agree with all the apologetics in it. I'm a more of a presuppositionalist, but I'm glad that there are movies where it just shows, look, this guy's getting born again. Okay. But, but if Satan can, can retell his story by painting a universe in which he's the hero. Why can't we create movies in which it, Christ is clearly the hero, even if you're not expressly saying this guy is now being born again at this moment at the 56 minute mark, you know, there you go. But like, like, can't we tell a, a morally upright universe in which it's, it's, if someone were to pray to God, it would be very clear. Yes, God is clearly Lord over this universe. It wouldn't feel out of place. You know, whereas so many times in these movies, people who pray are seen as weird because there's no God in this universe, you know? So like they're kind of weirdly religious, but in this universe, 
the morally upright one, it's like, yeah, it makes sense that people would pray here. God is clearly the God of this universe. Good is good. Up is up. You know, right is right in this universe. I don't know. I, it's not you know, fully formulated. I, I know what you're saying. No, I know what you're saying. And, 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 and I have some crushing news for you. Uh-oh. Do you know who does that best? Who? Secular people. <laughs> let, me get, let me give you two examples. Uh, there's a movie with stars Mel Gibson by M. Night Shyamalan called Signs. Oh, yeah. Sure. That is sure. all about a man trying to get back to his faith in the midst of an alien invasion. It's mm. brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. That's what that movie, that's at the core of that movie. The aliens are just a, a device. Yeah. That movie is about a guy who is struggling with his faith. And then Martin Scorsese uh, and his film Silence is, oh. is, is an amazing movie about how far will you go for your faith? How much suffering are you willing to endure for your faith? And it's a beautiful movie. It's about the monks going into, um, into Japan. Yeah. In the okay. 17, 1800s. Did that come out? When did that come out? A couple years ago? It's probably four years ago. Okay. Four years ago. I remember seeing the ads for that. And being intrigued, and then I never, uh, I, I never saw oh, it's it. So, so good, okay. it's really good. All it's right, really I'll have to good. check that out. Yeah. All right. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're going along with me on that uh, Hollywood movies as retelling of the Luciferian myth, uh, because it's something that, uh, it's like once you see it, I, I feel like I've been red pilled on this, and it's like I can't, <laughs> I can't unsee it now. Um, yeah, right. and, and Hollywood loves to make demons like with horns and really right. ugly. Right. But you have to remember the, the the greatest night of demons is the night of the Oscars because Satan was the most beautiful angel, was he not? Is it right. not described that way? Mm. So so whenever I whenever I, I was talking to a friend of mine, he's he was writing something he's been hired to write. I'm like, oh, you should make all those people really beautiful. Yeah, that's what's scary, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and the other thing too is a way to, to I, look. I don't believe in 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 um, boycotts, mm-hmm. but you got to ask yourself if you were walking out of church and you're holding your Bible one day, and Katy Perry came up and slapped you in the face, and uh, Oprah Winfrey slapped the Bible out of your hand and then George Clooney kicked you in the shin. Why would you give them 15 bucks for something that they were doing? Wow. You know, because these people, I don't know. I, I think hate might be too strong of a word, but they have a very strong animus towards, towards people of faith, of convicted faith. Because it's 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 that it goes right back to it's very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, you know, and 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 uh, I was just talking. I, there, there's a course that I teach through the Think Institute on uh, uh, Wednesday nights, and I was just talking with the guys last night about how there's no neutrality in this world, and and that principle comes from Jesus Himself, who said, "Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me." scatters. There is no neutrality towards Christ. Um, whether implicitly or explicitly, you're either on board with Jesus or 
you're headed in, in a diametrically opposed direction. And, yeah. um, and I, I think I do. I think you see that come out in culture, whether people are conscious of it or not. The, the culture you create is going to reflect whose side you're on. Well, that's the troubling thing is that the subconscious is much more powerful than the conscious mind. Yeah. You know? That's true. It, 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 I was having the same person that I was having this conversation with about what God are you? Is it this, what, what's this God that you're praying to? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, the God was, of the universe guy, the God of the universe of yeah. the chakra in the middle of my forehead. Yeah. Um, he, he turned, he almost turned white when I said, listen, you've got, you've got to know something that a lot of people don't realize is that when, when you pass, everyone meets the Lord. Wait, he said this or you said no, this? No, I told that to him. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I that, said, that's true. the Lord, and <laughs> yeah. then it's swipe left or swipe right. I don't mean, I don't know the details of it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he was like, are you serious? I'm like, um, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah, that's so, right. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment, according to Hebrews. Right. So, uh, Joseph Grant, I, I, I think we could talk probably several more hours for the sake of time we we do need to wrap up how yep. can people so so when's the movie coming out how can people f- track the progress of ride sally ride right so so a couple things so um we've just i've just finished the first um draft of the screenplay and t- actually tomorrow i'm going to talk with uh with jess and doug and we're going to work some things out um we're also in the. I'm also in the midst of talking to uh, um, with this same sort of pitch of like rather than rather than I, I have a I have a group um, that I'm talking to, um, and one of my pitches to them is that you know instead of donating these these big checks to politicians who turn around and go and have Caesar salad at the 21 Club with a bunch of Democrats and laugh at you, yeah, um, or the French Laundry, right? yeah, the French Laundry, or, or invest your money in the culture. You know, so if there's people out there too that want to um, actively participate in this, you can go to ridesallymovie.com and 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 you can you can make a donation. But it's not just a donation. There's a lot of great things that are that are being given there, and one of them, uh, most especially, is um, the Canon app. And on the Canon app, I don't know if do you know the Canon app. I I know it. I haven't subscribe to it yet but i'm i'm well, familiar on, it's, let's get on it First it's on month, my phone <laughs> it's, it's on my phone tempting me but, uh constantly but if you like anything um uh, um in the in the kyperian punk rock attitude that we've expressed today um you'll find all kinds of podcasts and books on tape from um doug wilson and his merry band of pirates out there yeah. in idaho um, there's movies. It's just, it's a great little app. I listen to it every morning. Um, and I, I think it's like seven bucks a month. And you, it'll also, if you go through uh, ridesallymovie.com, it'll help uh, get this movie made. Right on. All right, everybody. You heard that uh, from the horse's mouth himself. Go to Ride Sally Movie. I've got it up on the screen. RideSallyMovie.com. You can watch that teaser trailer. By the way, if you missed it, we played it earlier in the program. Um, we're wrapping up, coming to a close now, but uh, you can, you can uh, when this is done, you can rewind, check that out, or just simply go to RideSallyMovie.com. That's where I pulled it from, and uh, and join the cause, and and 
participate and grab a little piece of, of culture, grab, grab, you know, uh, uh, grab a hold here and hold on tight because uh, yeah. this is going to be quite a ride as this thing gets made and built. And, um, and you can, you can also follow me on, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's Thunderdome, also known as Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you like, I, I, I put updates there on, on what's going on with the movie. Okay. And that's the ride Sally ride page. No, it's just my own page. Okay. Joseph Granda. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, so go check that out. Yep. Um, Joseph Granda, thanks so much for yeah, coming. Yeah, hey, you're on awesome. This. Nice meeting you. Uh, great meeting you too. Let's do it again sometime. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right. Well, my guest today has been Joseph Granda, the filmmaker. He's the screenwriter and director for the forthcoming film, Ride Sally Ride, which is based on the book, the, uh, the novel, um, I'd say fictional novel, but it's, uh, it's a little too true. Uh, so they're calling it a future true story. The, the book is called Ride Sally Ride. And, um, I got to tell you, it's one of my favorite books that I've read recently. Very, very, very good. I enjoyed it. Um, if you're just tu- tuning in right now live, I know a lot of people have been coming home from work and uh, they're, they're, you're tuning in. Um, first of all, good on you for not watching YouTube while you're driving. But now that you're home, here's what you missed. We talked about the movie Ride Sally Ride. We talked about transgenderism and sex bots and how treating non-females as if they're females actually ends up degrading, um, diminishing women. Um, you can't treat things like women without treating women like things ultimately. So we talked about that. We also talked about my, um, my pet theory, which is not really my theory. I didn't come up with it, that Hollywood films are retelling Luciferian myths and, um, and how Ride Sally Ride has the potential to present an alternative to that in a morally upright universe over which God is the Lord. And so, uh, if, if you're just tuning in now, go back and check that out. If you're listening on the podcast, can I just ask you to do me a favor? Go ahead and leave an honest five-star rating and review on the podcast, and that helps us get the word out. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to this channel. We just hit 900 subscribers. We're very close to 1,000. 1,000 is the the goal that uh, I've set for myself for for this channel, for the Think Institute, and um, it's not a magic number, but uh, helps with with a few things, helps us get the word out there, and allows us to monetize, which I guess now YouTube is going to start monetizing all the videos anyway. Um, it's just, if we don't monetize that YouTube is going to take the money for themselves. So we might as well use it to fund the Think Institute. Um, so uh, so if you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe and help fight the man. Um, make sure you hit the bell. And then uh, follow us on all the social media. That goes without saying. Um, and then if you want to prayerfully and generously support the Think Institute and the work that we're doing, uh, it really does help us out. You can go to give.crew.org slash 1018841. And crew is spelled C-R-U. So it's give.cru.org slash 1018841. That's um, our family's crew giving page. Uh, my wife and I are on staff with crew. We're non-woke uh, crew missionaries on staff with a non-woke division of crew called church movements. And, um, maybe sometime we'll, we'll talk about crew, um, and, uh, some of the really positive things that are going on there. Um, 
but uh, but not this episode. So thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. I sure hope you found something helpful. I know I certainly did. And remember, this is not goodbye. This has just been a little pit stop along the road of your spiritual journey. So until next time, I hope it made you think. <laughs>